Hi, this is Sharon and welcome to Getting Unstuck. I'm a spiritual coach, medium, intuitive, and tarot reader. I'll have weekly guests with inspiring stories of how they went from stuck to unstuck. My hope is this podcast helps you get unstuck so you can begin living the life you've always dreamed of. Hi, everyone, and thanks for listening to Getting Unstuck. My guest today is Toby Scherfeld. She is a yoga instructor and was introduced to yoga by her mom in her early 20s. Being a lifelong athlete, yoga brought a sense of balance and ease to her body that she has never felt before. She also recognized that the practice of yoga taught students kindness, compassion, and truth. She is also a licensed massage therapist with a second level certification in positional therapy and has a master's degree in clinical nutrition. Her classes focus on alignment to create a balance between ease, effort, flexibility, and strength. She is devoted to creating a sustainable yoga practice for her students that creates compassion, love, and joy. Oh my God, that is the part of your bio that I like fell in love with you, and here is why. I honestly think COVID-19 is all about compassion, love, and joy, and that that's what you create for your students in your class. I, when I read that, I thought, she's been ahead of the game for years now. I love it. Um, yes. I think that, you know, when you first walk into a yoga practice, it's about moving. It's about feeling your body. And a lot of times people walk in and they feel tight. They feel weak. They feel uncomfortable. They feel judged or they're judging of themselves or others. And then once you start to get a little bit past that, you start to find the compassion, love, and joy for the practice, a little bit more for your body, a little bit more for yourself, and then the other people around you. Um, the movement of the practice, the asana, uh, the posture, really allows us to look at so many different things of how we feel. That feels painful. That feels good. I love that. I don't love that. So everything in between, and then we start to, it, it almost like a door opens and we can see a little bit of compassion. We can see a little bit of joy. We can see a little bit of love because we're experiencing pain, because we're experiencing frustration, because we're experiencing judgment. So one thing the yoga practice does for me is it shows me the wide spectrum of all the things that we can feel so we can recognize love, compassion, and joy, because we recognize pain, suffering, irritation, sadness, grief. So the practice for me is it opens the door to all of those things. And it's, it, it's work. You have to work at finding compassion, love, and joy, because it's very easy for us to stay with pain and, dis and, and grief and we're blocked. So it, it, it is work, but it's, it's wonderful work if you're willing to stay with it. I honestly feel like you just described my life. Yeah. <laughs> like yoga is a metaphor yeah. for life, right? There's like contractions yes. and pain yeah. and you have to hold still and breathe and trust the yes. process and trust your body and absolutely. Yeah. And be, be, it's, it's, it's interesting to say, but how can we be comfortable with being uncomfortable? And maybe it's not comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's the antithesis of each other, but it's how do we sit 
and breathe with uncomfortableness. To then let it subside instead of pushing it away. It's super easy, it, or it has been, and I practiced a lot uh, to change that, but it was super easy for me to push things away that I didn't like how I was feeling. Oh, I don't like that, so I'm not gonna deal with it. I'm gonna push it away. I'm gonna mask it, I'm gonna numb it. And then the practice, if you continue to practice, it allows us to let go of those habits, let go of the numbing, and to really look at the pain, to really look at the uncomfortability, and to even have gratitude for it. Yes, I love that. Because it, because it, if we don't have the reference of pain and suffering, we then don't have the reference of love, compassion, and joy. You have to have both. Yeah. And that's and the duality we live in. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Tell me what the biggest lesson yoga has taught you. You know, when we, when we went over this, when we first started talking about it, and I said that to you, um, allowed me to be vulnerable. I have been meditating on that statement since I said that to you. And it's been one of the most profound things because that answer came out of me from a deep place that there was no filter. I just said it and it resonated with me. I think I cried a little bit to you because it was so, I felt it so profound and it's allowing myself to be vulnerable and allowing myself to let go of the shield. Let go of the shield of I'm tough, I'm strong, I'm not weak, I'm not insecure, I'm not any of those things that are gonna allow me to crumble. When I started to let go of that shield, I started to see the duality of all of the things from the pain and the suffering to the joy and the compassion and the love. And letting go of the shield was extremely difficult for me. Allowing people into my life that could possibly hurt me in relationships or any other, in any other way was very difficult, but I've really allowed myself to keep the shield off. Um. And that doesn't mean not setting proper boundaries, but for me, that's, being more open and letting, letting people in. I love everything you're saying, and I'll tell you why I love it. There's a lesson in A Course in Miracles that says, in my defenselessness, my safety lies. That is so vulnerable, right? Because if I, if I take that shield off and feel like I don't have to defend myself to anybody, right? Yes. That just makes me feel like, Will I be seen as a doormat? Will I feel like I have no passion or no, whatever that is? But it makes for such an easier life when you can be vulnerable and just put the, put the swords down, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine, you know, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and his boss said to him, put the pitchfork down, put the pitchfork down. And, you know, and that's, you know, sometimes we go in to a situation with the shield and the pitchfork and we think the other person is going to come at us in that same way because we've created this story in our head about, you know, their reaction to us. But if we put the pitchfork down and take the shield off, the energy is softer. And when the energy moves out softer, the energy that comes in is softer. Yes, because you begin vibrating at a totally different rate. You're vibrating now yeah. like in this love peace mode. So you begin attracting the same kind of people around you. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Like a really yeah. good yoga class. 
You're all yeah. the same vibe, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. And it could be as something as simple as I just learned about my right hip joint. Right. Or or as something as profound as, hey, that person that's over there that I was judging before because of whatever reason, I have compassion for them now. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. You know? And then it all comes back into all the lessons, you know. I had taken yeah. a, a Kundalini class once and it was um, each week it was a different chakra. And in the first week we did the root chakra and I don't remember the pose, but all of a sudden I could feel like I wanted to cry. And I think, and I don't know much about the various types of yoga, Toby, but I think in Kundalini, you hold the pose a little bit longer. I, I think that's yes. what was happening. Yeah. Yes, okay. All right. Because it gets really uncomfortable and you have to dig deep in that. Yes. Sense, like, I can do this. I don't want to be the quitter in class. Like my ego mind is like, I don't want to be the loser in this class. Right. But I remember like having that experience of connecting with my body in a way that there was something in that that root chakra that needed healing. And there have been other yoga classes, yeah. not just Kundalini, where sometimes we'll hold a pose and an emotion will come up. Has that happened to you? Have you had an experience? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, with regards to our hips, you know, we hold so much in the hips because the root chakra is at the pelvic floor. And then the sacral chakra is right around the sacral area, which is our center for sexuality and creativity. And then the third chakra, right in the solar plexus in the upper abdominal area is uh, the space for building courage and then letting go of fear. So those three lower chakras, um, if they need, if they've been holding and if they've been stuck, you know, yoga, we do a lot of standing, we do a lot of feet on the ground or hands on the ground, and it really activates those areas. There have been multiple times uh, where I have had very deep emotional releases, sobbing, right. you know, crying, and then rage. Yes. You know, from Love crying it. with sadness and grief to rage and being so pissed off and blaming the teacher and this and that. And, you know, you feel like you're being dragged through the mud. And one of the philosophies of yoga that, that we talk about is, the lotus and the lotus is the flower that comes up from the mud. So you have to almost drag yourself through this muck and this darkness and this mud to come up a little bit and bloom and blossom and maybe see a little bit of light. Yes. And then you go down back into the dirt and then muck and then you pull back up into the light. And then, you know, the transitions become, uh, they shift in variance in the sense of you're in the darkness a little bit less and then you're in the light a little bit more and then it shifts and shifts and then you find yourself swimming around more in the lightness and then you go back to the dark a little bit and then you come back up to the light yeah. right? but a lot of us I mean for me personally when I first went into the yoga practice um, there was a lot of darkness mm. There was a lot of darkness, um, a lot of anger, a lot of rage, a lot of sadness. Um, and that was 20 years ago. Yeah. And now I feel that I sit and I hover much more in the light, but I still, as we all do, go back down. And then, you know, the practice gives us the tools to float back up. Absolutely. 
One of the things I wanted to ask you about is breathing. And you know, I'm always up, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I'm always the one in the class. They're like, inhale through here and exhale through this. And I'm always the opposite, which I'm sure is okay. But my question to you about breathing in yoga is how do you think it will unstuck or unstick um, issues in the body? Yes. Uh, number one, breath is vibration. And vibration breaks up blockages. Now, the inhalation comes into the body, comes into the lungs. The lungs expand, which that creates space. The rib cage then expands. And then the exhalation, the body releases the breath out. A lot of the times I talk about the breath like wind. If you open a door to a room that has not been open in a while, you open the door. The wind comes in, it somewhat kicks up the dust, and then the wind flushes the dust back out. So the inhalation is a space maker, but the exhalation for me in the way I teach and a lot of the way I feel in my own body is even more of a space maker because it brings the, the dust or the blockages out of the body. Now, because the breath is both voluntary and involuntary, the involuntary breath is very natural and we're breathing all the time since we were, you know, in the womb. The, vol the voluntary breath is where we can direct the breath into different parts of the body. One of my teachers calls the breath a natural chiropractor. You can breathe into a specific area. If I said to you, or if, excuse me, if you said to me, Tobe, my left low back is bothering me. I would direct you to inhale into that space, expand it, see how it feels, and then set the intention to release the blockage from, with the exhalation, from the exhalation. So, and we can do that. I talk about that in so many different parts of the body. You can breathe into your wrists, you can breathe into your hips, you can breathe into your legs with the setting the intention of the breath flowing down. Because essentially, we're not, the lungs don't expand into the legs or into the hips. But what happens is the, the breath, in a sense, moves into the bloodstream and the bloodstream circulates all around the body. So you can think of the breath as flowing all through the limbs and then able to help flush it out. Okay. So it's really a, a wonderful tool. And if you think your mind is stuck, Instead of breathing up into your head, because we want the head to stay somewhat empty, imagine your mind is in your abdomen and you breathe down into the abdomen and then release the breath out. Okay. From the belly. Yeah. That, and that, that to me creates such a sense, the breathing like that, such a sense of mindfulness as well. Yes. Because when I'm in pain, my mind can go crazy. And, but that, that intentional breathing is such a settle. And I've done that with, cause I have a lot of lower back pain. I have done that intentional breathing where it just feels like it just brings me into a space where the pain has lessened and my mind is not racing and I am calm. Breathing, I think is such an underrated or undervalued kind of like sleep thing. It's super important. I agree with you 100%, 100%. Yeah. And another thing about the breath that allows you to get unstuck is just what you said, is it brings you into the present moment. If, if our mind is focused on a situation 
outside of the present moment that there's some stress that comes in there. I have been working on that for myself for quite a while. Um, and the last, I would say, two or three years of my life, uh, I've been able to look in the mirror and say, okay, this is it. You know, you're not going to get a torso transplant <laughs> or an arm transplant or a leg transplant, right? So, you know, the, the uh, more fulfilling practice is to love what you got. That's right. You know? Yeah. Because it's only a vehicle to house the soul. Right. You know, Absolutely. so why would I want to treat this house badly? Right. You know? Right. And what I've recognized, me being more accepting of my body helps me in all those other little voices about other people's bodies that we have. Coveting other people's bodies. Oh, I would love to have their legs. I would love to have their arms or I don't want to have their legs, or I don't want to have their arms. Right. So letting th that chatter go, because I am now practicing compassion, love, and acceptance of myself, and that helps me bring that you know, to other people. Yeah. And as you love your body, it gives the next woman permission to love on theirs. Yes. Because you are a model for that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful, Toby. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this question. How do you empower yourself? I know uh, in our pre-talk, you talked about how you're not willing to settle anymore. How you're yeah, loving I, yourself more. Yeah. I think the practice of setting healthy boundaries uh, for myself and not feeling shame or guilt about setting those boundaries has really helped me feel empowered um, with who I hang out with, you know, who I want to associate with, who I possibly want to have a relationship, a deeper relationship with. Um, you know, the, the Toby in the past would let anybody in, you know, no matter how they, they treated me let anybody in because I'm the one that's supposed to be, you know, accepting of all and don't be this and don't be that. But now, and by no means am I mean or um, rude to anyone, but if I find that I'm not being treated well with kindness and respect towards the other person, I set the boundary. Um, and so that's really helped me surround myself with wonderful, loving helpful, uh, gracious people that are doing the work themselves to uh, serve the world, to be better humans. And, um, and it's just such a joy. I have so many wonderful people in my life that I can count on, um, you know, if, when I need it. And, and I was just say, if I need it, I need it when yeah. I need it, yeah. you know. Community is so important. Right. And I think, I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier in that once you begin, when you're loving on yourself, your vibration changes. And so you begin attracting a different tribe to you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And I think, you know, as a yoga instructor, you know, I think they, um, that you all seem to have the same vibe of this love, peace, gratitude, energy that I love, but also setting boundaries is not a selfish thing. It is such a necessary thing in life. And I really hope that someone, any woman 
or man listening to this podcast will understand how important those boundaries are in life because it's not okay. Yes. If, if someone does not bring you joy and fill you up, or if, if you're with that person and you feel tension in your body, you need to ask yourself some questions about that relationship. Absolutely. And it's, you know, the, the Toby in the past um, was very selfless. You know, how can I be not selfless? I can't be selfish, but it, for, me, for me, it was finding a balance between the two, not being selfish and not being selfless, but, you know, setting, again, the proper boundaries and creating somewhat of a platform for myself to stand on and to have it, that platform be quite solid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like looking for that sweet spot of alignment. It's not painful. It's not straining. Um, there's, there's a, you know, there's, you can dance around in it. And that's how I feel, you know, right now in my life that I have all of this beautiful space around me, um, that I go out and then people come in and, you know, it's this oscillating motion, you know, all around me. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Really amazing. Can you tell us how you, um, utilize any daily habits for mind, body, spirit? Yes. Um, I practice a lot of yoga, uh, but if you're not practicing yoga or yoga posture, um, I lay down every day for at least 30 minutes, um, laying in what we call an in yoga shavasana. Um, and I've been doing that for about two years now, and it's my best practice. So sometimes I fall asleep, but a lot of times I don't. And I'll lay down. Usually my dog or one of my cats is with me. So there's a lot of comfort and calming going on. And it's a place for me to just watch. Is that different than a meditation? Um, it's somewhat of a meditation. It's not a seated meditation, but it's, it's you know, a more reclined meditation. My hips have a tendency to feel quite sore if I'm in a seated meditation for a while. And then my mind is just focusing on how painful my hips feel. Right. Yeah. So I'm not, not productive. Not exactly. And so laying down with a bolster underneath my knees and a little pillow underneath my head, possibly a blanket over me, um, is a very relaxing practice. And I've noticed that I could be in the middle of a project and my body will say now, and I honor that and I'll say, okay. And I go and it's very calming. And then I get back up and I continue, you know, what I was doing with more ease and more presence. Nice. I love that. I also um, go outside as much as I can sunshine, the dirt, the flowers, being by the ocean. Um, those are practices that uh, keep me whole, yeah. feeling connected um, to the earth. Yeah. I have one final question for you, and that is what brings you the most joy in life? Oh, laughter. Oh, I love that. Laugh, a, a good belly laugh humor, dry humor, dirty humor. I mean, you name it. If anything that could, I laugh with you or my friends, it's, that brings me so much joy. Um, laughter that makes you cry. I have, I had said to my husband a few days ago that I am a sucker for anyone that can make me laugh. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love you right away. Yeah. Right away. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation, Toby, has been so enlightening for me that it really made me want to honor my body in a different way when I get on the mat tomorrow. So I want to thank you for that. So, are you are you doing Zoom? Could people find you on doing Zoom classes? Yes, I'm teaching 10 Zoom classes a week right now. So you can check out Balanced Yoga Studio. Uh, that's in New Haven, Connecticut. And that's at balancedyoga.us. And then the other studio I teach at is The Breathing Room, which is also in New Haven. And that's breathingroomct.com. And you can look on any of those websites. You'll see my name on the schedule. I teach five at Balanced and five at The Breathing Room. And... Um, yeah, anyone can sign up and the recordings are also available for 24 hours if you're not able to take the class at that time. Okay, I'll put that in the show notes as well so people can Great. find you. So thank you for this amazing conversation. Thank, thank you, you so much. Your, thank you for your light in this world and your love in this world and all the compassion you have for everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you.